Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Transfer Portal Podcast presented by No Context CFB. And today, we're, we're going to be going over some pretty big headlines that have been going over uh, just all of football, not even just college football, but all relating back to the sport we all love. I'm your host today, Andrew Wilson. Joined alongside me, Andrew, Adam, Karan. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Adam, you are muted. I'm muted. Dang, that's a bad start. <laughs> it's a great Anyways, start. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, glad to be back. I feel like it's been almost a month since I've been on the podcast. So, you know, like Texas, I'm back, though. Happy to be here. We should have, speaking again, we should have taken an over-under on how many minutes it would take for him to show up. And if you had the, if you had the under, you automatically win. Calvin really would have hammered that under. Uh, Kron, how are we doing on your podcast doing pretty, debut? Doing pretty good, man. Glad to be here. Great to have you. You know, we kind of already alluded to it. Calvin Ridley, gambling, what's the correlation? During the last year where Calvin Ridley was not playing, uh, found out that he was actually gambling. Not much. I mean, apparently, according to him, it was only about $1,500 on a parlay or something. Maybe the parlay was just a social media joke. People calling it a Ridley, which was absolutely (laughs) hilarious. But uh, I want to ask you guys, should it be legal for college students to bet on sports, most likely on teams that are not their own or programs that are not their own in different sports? I'll start with Adam on this one. Um. Yes, I think it should be like in my general statement. I I can understand why they don't want it to be on the a sport that they play. I, I can I'm fully fine with that. But if they want to just gamble on in any other sport, whether it be NFL or you know college, if they're of age, you have to be 21 to gamble. I think in every state in the country, I, I think I'm not sure. But if they're of age, I don't see a problem with it. Um, just seems like something that they just want to control for money. Just want to control athletes, I guess. I don't like it. The Calvin Ridley stuff, I thought it was funny. He was hilarious on Twitter. I don't know if y'all were keeping up with his tweets, but <laughs> he, he, somebody need to take his phone away. Um, uh, I hope he's not banned for a year because I think he's a great player. Kind of did me dirty in fantasy when he started to stop playing and he's over there gambling, but – I don't know. I, I like it. I agree. I'm sure. I don't know how y'all feel, but I think we'll all agree that it's not that big of a deal. So I guess I should go ahead and just take the lead on this one. Um, yes, it should be legal for college students to gamble. If we're talking NFL, NBA, MLB, soccer even, or quite frankly, even college athletics of sports that they're not playing in, I don't see why they shouldn't. I mean, it felt like years that we've been fighting this whole NIL, making money off your own name type of deal. Guess what? Athletes are finally having the opportunity to make their own money off their own name. Uh, How can you say that you – this is kind of what really gets to me is if it's your money, this is is not just – I'm talking more than just college. I'm talking like national, like nationwide. I'm talking states like Texas and Utah that have the truthfully the dumbest gambling laws out there. There's only two casinos in Texas and they're both only slots. Okay. And one of them is down on the Mexican border, but how can you say that you're making your own money when you're essentially not being allowed to do what you want with it? In terms of Calvin Ridley's perspective, if he really did do 1500, I did the calculations if it was really 1500 and if his base salary was just over a million, we're talking not even 0.1% of his salary. That's my biggest thing. Like I will be more than happy to gamble away 0.1% of what's in my bank account. You don't want to know what that is, but it's not a big deal. Okay. And in terms of college athletes, why not? It's your money. You should be allowed to do what you want with it. It's, I don't know why so many people are against placing a wager on a college football game, an NFL game, an NBA game. College athletes finally have the opportunity to make their own money. They got their own money. Why not? That's the main thing for me. Now, in terms of actual other college football games, like let's say C.J. Stroud decides to take the under on Michigan season, you kind of do run into some other gray areas in that aspect just because we never know what the control is in this 
in that sort of sense. But let's say you're a Big Ten player and you want to place a bet on an SEC game or a Big 12 game. What's the harm? What infringement are you going to have on it? As long as it's not your own team, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be allowed to gamble. This is just the NCAA instating another stupid rule, another – they're just they, – they know that they've been losing power over the last couple of years, and this is just them trying to get another stranglehold on over college athletes. And at this point, it's not even going to stop here. Even if athletes get allowed to gamble, you just know that they're going to find a way to find a regulation on it. I also want to give a huge shout-out to, to Gracie, who is a law student at Oregon, who actually told us this information that if you are an NCAA player – you cannot gamble on any sport that the NCAA covers. And I think she says it has something to do with the Title IX rules. So guess what? If you're a college football player, you can't even gamble on college swimming. From what, from what I understand, I think George is actually among the best in that aspect. So now it's honestly so stupid. This is just the NCAA trying to trying to str- put the stranglehold over athletes again. And this they're just not going to stop. And it's not even just it's not even just the gambling, they're just going to find any type of hole that they can get to, to get a hold of athletes. I mean, yeah, it, you said it's right, but to play devil's advocate, um, like say you're CJ Stroud and you bet on an Ohio State basketball game. Like I can see why some people might have a problem with that because odds are CJ Stroud knows people on the Ohio State basketball team. And then you can kind of get into some, you know, you should bet this, you should do that. You just never really know. So I, I kind of understand where, the, like, what they're they're trying to do. Do I, I um, like, like Gracie said, told us they can't bet on NFL games. I think that's stupid. But I kind of understand what they're where they're coming from. Same with um, betting teams in the same sport. There's a good chance that you might know, you know a guy who plays for Arkansas and, you know, you just never know what can happen because we've seen it happen before and it's probably happened uh, in the future. So I kind of understand play devil's advocate, I guess. Yeah. But on the same token, you know, the, that if something like this was to ever happen, NCAA would claim something like this is for integrity of the game with, let's just be honest. The NCAA is one of the most least integral associations out there to ever exist yeah of course and the same goes with and it goes the same with Calvin Ridley and the NFL like NFL cares more about a player gambling than they do about domestic abuse even when there's video evidence so who knows maybe we can just implement a little gray area of just don't bet on any sport that includes your team or any game that includes your university that includes the university name I mean, or what if, uh, I mean, I know what you said about, like, let's say, he, you know, somebody in Arkansas, maybe just outside your own conference. I mean, yeah, that can work. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I understand kind of where they're coming from. I'm not trying to defend the NCAA and their actions. I think we can all agree they're despicable in almost every way. Very despicable indeed. Uh, Karan, I want to get your input since I feel like on your first podcast, we kind of haven't let you speak yet. Uh, you're muted. Yes, I'm not the only one. All right, no, I think with Calvin Ridley, the issue is really like everyone knows to this point, like it's, an, it's just a no-no to bet on your own sport. Obviously, you have to go back to like Pete Rose is like the big one everyone kind of falls back on. I think it's just like, I don't have an issue with the betting, but it's a rule that's there. Everyone knows it. And you're throwing away a whole year of your career because of $1,500. Like, I don't think that was a great decision by him. But looking at the rule itself, I think it's questionable. If you're betting on another team that you have no relation to, then I don't really have an issue with that as long as you're over 21. You know, and also a fun fact, um, I didn't see the full clip of the Pat McAfee show, but when he did first hear about Calvin Ridley and the whole news breaking out, he was legit PO. Like he was like, cause he made it very adamant that when he, he was still playing in the NFL, they made it a rule basically saying 
you bet on an NFL game, you may as well just costed your contract. So the fact that the rule is there does, does scare, does, probably does scare players. Now, I don't know anything about contract bargaining agreements, but if this is a rule that they can implement on the next contract bargaining agreement, I think a lot of players in the union are probably going to look at this rule and might say to them, themselves like, hey, look, NFL is profiteering off of so many sportsbook names. DraftKings is the official sportsbook of the NFL. The New Orleans Saints named their named the Superdome after Caesars. Uh, you literally have a sportsbook in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It kind of gets to the point where the NFL is just telling play is just telling people and players that like, hey, look, the fans that pay the money that pay the overpriced ticket fees, yeah, sure, they can gamble. But the players that make the product, they're not. And to me, it just seems a hypocritical in that sense. I don't know why. I do get the rule that, you know, it kind of goes back to what Adam said. Like, we don't know what the connection is. Let's say Calvin really contacts Devontae Smith with the Eagles, and he decides to tell them to make to, to slow down. Like, hey, man, I got your props at under 57 yards. Okay. We just never know with these things. But it's just very hypocritical. And – I want to get Adam back in on this because remember when, when we interviewed Colin Wilder, the Wisconsin safety, and we were talking about our Wisconsin players going to be allowed to gamble when they were in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Bowl. And he did that. They were allowed to hit the blackjack table. So for him to just come that to say that out in the open, it sounds like the college athletes, as long as they're over 21, they're allowed to gamble as long as it's not on sports. So this is probably just one of those silver linings that is kind of brought on. Also note, I did joke with him to bet against Minnesota against the spread in their bowl game. And I kind of did notice that he got a little bit quiet off after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do remember that. I didn't even think about that until you just brought it up though. It is funny. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they can, they can go play blackjack and stuff. Just don't gamble on the sport. I think the NCAA just trying to cover cover their ass. Honestly, that's all the rules there for. I don't think they care that much about it either. They just, you know, if a player gets caught, two two players from a different team get caught point shaving for each other, it's a whole other scandal that's going on. So they're just trying to limit that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the thing. They they don't really care because people profit off this stuff, but they're just trying to make sure they don't have another controversy that, you know, they have, they have so many things going on because it's the NCAA and they suck that the last thing they need is gambling charges with most likely probably people that would be underage, unless you're like a fifth or sixth year player. But I, I think there does need to be some boundaries. Should they be allowed to? Yes. But I think there needs to be like a, a T chart, nothing with your university, nothing with your sport. I think that's where I would set the boundaries. You can bet uh, on, go ahead. I was going to say something that also needs to be brought on is what kind of gambling are we talking about here? Are we talking oh, pulling up your phone, going to the fan duel or going to the DraftKings sports books or another thing that we also need to consider about is bookies that Ooh. like personal person, like people to people bookies. If we think about it, bookies are probably most notorious in states where gambling is illegal. So I think first state, so first state that comes to my mind there is a Texas or an Alabama. And those are two of the hottest recruiting hotspots in the country. It feels like almost, you know, Texas and Texas A&M have been on an absolute wave in terms of getting recruits. Alabama is always there. Florida, even Florida with Florida State, Miami, and even the Florida Gators. They're going to get recruits. So this also kind of brings up a bigger aspect of bookies are most prominent in states where the gambling is illegal. That's the first thing. And bookies are most likely part of an organized crime organization. I don't think I can use organized in that aspect twice in three words, but we're going to roll with it. Yeah. Player, let's say a player makes a massive bet and it hits. That bookie could very well go to the university, or go to the NCAA, and essentially spill the beans on the player. That's the first thing that they can do. Or what if the player puts a huge amount of money 
And with a lot of bookies, they do not play. They do not give the money when they place the bet. They typically hand over the money after they lose the bet. Bookie doesn't get the money from the player. Same thing. He can completely ruin the player's career right then and there. Player don't have the money. Guess what? Bookie can easily write out to the university or the NCAA. And it could get worse than that. Like, let's say that this is part of an organized crime. Violence could even get involved. We just never know where these bookies come from. Now, if it's bookie related, even if you're betting on outside of your own sport, I do think that will be cause for a cause for suspension. But if we're talking a fan duel, a DraftKings, a Barstool Sportsbook, whatever the sportsbook may be, that should be fine. But I just think it's whenever you get into the whole organized crime part of gambling that you can get in a lot of trouble of it. Well, isn't that illegal? Isn't betting yeah, with a bookie illegal? I it is, I mean, if yes. you're, if yeah, you're like a 21-year-old if you're a 21 year old athlete messing around with a bookie and whatnot, like – there's there's other issues there and that's not a great yeah. idea in the first place. I mean you're gonna be in trouble either way, even if even right. if also, you know, these athletes sometimes they they'll go through another person to get to the bookie also, so they're not directly linked, but they can get a middleman. Yeah. My my question would be, and I, I don't know if there's explicitly something said about this, but with NIL deals, like I don't know if a betting company or something like that could reach out to a player and kind of assuming they're over 21 and have a thing going there. Like a player could be promoting a code for FanDuel for underdog, something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Highly I don't doubt think it. I can. I'm pretty yeah, sure that, the, that make sense. I'm pretty sure the line is set at gambling. I'm, I believe if you're above 21, you can do alcohol. I believe I've seen that. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. I think that gambling is where they kind of cut that off. Everything below that you're good everything above that is a no-no. So yeah, I mean, when you're getting into the more, and I'm going to use air quotes, shady type of gambling with bookies and offshore accounts, that's definitely more cause for concern and probably needs probably just a university investigation just of the player. Probably don't need to get the entire NCAA involved. I don't think that's a big enough quabble or whatever the word is, quarrel. Uh, But I think that one thing that does need to be communicated is openness and just be like, tell, tell your university, Hey, I do this so that, you know, you can be open, open lines of communication, make sure that you're not breaking any rules, just have everything in the open. There's nothing to feel guilty about. If this is a rule that is implemented where you can gamble on, like what I said with the T chart, no, not your sport and not your school, then you're fine not saying that they need to track this stuff, but if stuff happens, they can check if need be. But yeah, I, it's just a really weird topic because talking about college kids who are 18, 19, 20, 21, barely age, barely old enough to gamble that we're talking about this. And it, it's just an entirely weird topic. So I think, does anybody else have anything to add on this for uh, the gambling? Let players, sorry, let players do what they want with their money. Yeah. Yeah. They're over 21. Yeah. Yeah. I will say you allow players to make money off their own name. They should be able to use it how they want. There shouldn't be guidelines on what they can. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of capitalism too, isn't it? I'm not an economics major, so I'm going to avoid that. Because uh, I would be lying if I knew, if I said I knew exactly everything capitalism was. Uh, but we're going to move on because uh, this is not an economics podcast, even though we just talked about betting and money for a good amount of time. We're going to be talking about football. One of the biggest trades in, I would say, NFL history just happened. Russell Wilson went to Wisconsin, went to NC State, is now in Denver, goes from Seattle. Denver gives up its ninth overall pick, another first two seconds, three players that are Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, or might have been four players, Drew Locke, which I don't know why the heck you would add Drew Locke to that trade. That makes the trade value go down. Um, yeah, that, that's just an incredible trade for Denver. They get their guy. They're 
hoping that, you know, trading for Russell Wilson can be this year's trading of Matt Stafford for the LA Rams. Obviously that, that, that got them a championship. Denver's hoping for the same, but you're probably wondering, how's this, uh, how's this relate to college football? Well, the NFL draft is in April. Seattle no longer has a quarterback, but they have the ninth overall pick. They're probably going to take a quarterback in nine, unless they want to go with Geno Smith as their uh, full-year starter, Drew Locke. Uh, but I would say if they do that, all Seattle fans would be very, very disappointed, and they would no longer have a 12th man because everyone would just boycott that franchise. So I want to ask you guys, at nine, we have a few quarterback options for Seattle, mainly Malik Willis, Liberty, Kenny Pickett of Pitt. People are saying Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati, which I, I'm going to leak my opinion. That makes no freaking sense. Uh, you've got Matt Corral of Ole Miss. Maybe they're high on Sam Howell from North Carolina if they traded down a few spots. What do you guys think they should do with that ninth overall pick regarding their quarterback controversy? Um, Any pick it? I'm, I'm leaning towards – I know the Seahawks offensive line is not very good. So they have to pick a mobile QB. Um, Malik Willis, if he's there, that's probably who I would take. Um, I, don't, I think the Giants might try and scoop him up before he gets there and gets to them. So, but if he's there, I would probably take Malik Willis because I mean, I think he's the best option uh, as well, and he kind of kind of suits what Russell Wilson did for many years there with that terrible offensive line that they still haven't rebuilt somehow. Um, I know this isn't an NFL podcast, but I would say on the O-line topic, I would say Russell Wilson definitely did hold that O-line back. He's a great player, but there's his play style is really not O-line friendly. But I do think Malik Willis is probably the pick there. He's got the best upside and would kind of – he's not Russell Wilson, obviously, but you have a quick fit right there. And even then, if you have Drew Locke, Geno Smith, one of those guys could start for a year if needed. I also wanted to say – I've noticed the last few years, Pete Carroll has really looked into like every quarterback prospect. Like if you look at the pro day list and whatnot, it's always Pete Carroll's there looking at all these guys. And Ian Rappaport has reported he would have taken Patrick Mahomes if he came at like pick 27 or whatever they picked that year. So he's definitely had his eye out for quarterbacks, even while Russ has been there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had, if they already knew who they were taking. Uh, I don't know if my internet cut off earlier, but I said Kenny Pickett. I just think overall, I just think Kenny Pickett is the best quarterback. Granted, I know a lot of people are saying Malik Willis, and I know a lot of NFL gurus are probably listening to this right now and saying, like, Andrew, you're the biggest idiot. How is it not Malik Willis? Well, truthfully, I am not an NFL draft scout, okay? I All I can really do is go based off of this last season. I still think Kenny Pickett is the best player. I think Malik Willis, I think he'll be gone before that number nine spot. I think he could go to the Giants um, around the seventh. Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the Giants are picking seventh. Uh, so there's already another quarterback position probably going to be taken before that nine spot. A lot of people seem to have Kenny Pickett as number two behind Willis. So it kind of just makes sense that Pickett's going to be there. Also, I would never count out uh, the Seahawks management and Pete Carroll. They like to fool around on draft day at times. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would not – I don't – I actually have a 60 to 70% feeling, probably closer to 70, that I do not believe the Seahawks are going to stay at number nine. If yeah, they're going to go complete – if they, if they go complete rebuild, I think they – I think they if they really like Malik Willis that much, I think I think they'll trade up to like the fit to number five if they if they want to. Let me ask y'all this. What do y'all think about them picking, like, tanking this season? Because I feel like the quarterback class next year is going to be a little bit better and trying to get a quarterback then. I think there's a chance that they do that. I mean, I think they kind of did just tank a season, but they don't have their first-round pick because of Jamal Adams. So I didn't. We lost him. Seems that Quran. Yeah, is I don't know. Fro- oh. oh my bad. He's back. Oh, you're now? good. He's he's back. Oh, yeah, as, yeah. As I, I was like saying, Texas. Like, they, they kind of. <laughs> that was oh, a little bit. <laughs> no, they kind of just threw away a season for no reason, even though they don't have their first round. So I don't know if they do that twice, especially with Pete Carroll kind of on the hot seat. But I I agree. I don't think they'll stay at 
I wouldn't be surprised if they don't stay where they are right now. Like they can move back, they can move forward. There's a lot of options there. Maybe they go with a veteran. I, I think I wrote down somewhere that I think it could be Jalen Hurts or Sam Darnold as their week one starter, but we'll have to see. What if they trade it down to get a first round pick next season? I, I, that would be great for them. That'd be good. That would be a good like asset management. Because if because because like if they want to tank, trade down, get like a different position player, maybe get an offensive line, and maybe aim for your Bryce Young or your CJ Stroud next season. It, that I just because. I don't really – I'm not really a huge – like I said, I'm not a draft guy. I just do not look at this class, and I don't really view anybody that that truly, like, stands out to me. It, it's, it, to me, it seems a lot like that Geno Smith QB draft class. That, that's, that's the vibe that I'm getting from this. Granted, there was no quarterback in that first round, but I just – I'm not a huge believer in Malik Willis. I just think he's very – inconsistent in terms of target in terms of where he throws the ball in his disbursement. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett, I think he might need one season to rest behind another guy. And as far as Sam Howell goes, I think Sam Howell is still a very raw quarterback. He's very talented, but I still think he's very raw. This is just not the quarterback class that I look at. Okay. This is where you get your guy. I I, I just see a lot of projects here and if CJ Stroud and Bryce Young can get really good next season, I think Seattle they could trade with a team that'll probably finish you know top ten in their in their in their uh, in the in the draft next season. Um, I think one thing I will say is the Seahawks like I've seen it thrown around a lot. They are not good drafters in the first round like whatsoever. Nope, terrible. They drafted a shot. Terrible. Tell you everything. And it's like they're they're stacking these assets with picks, and it just makes no sense. You look back at their first round picks since Earl Thomas. Names that come to mind are L.J. Collier, Jermaine Fetty. Um, Rashad Penny, obviously. Jordan like, Brooks. These are, these are not. Yeah, well, Jordan Brooks. I'd say he's pretty good. But, yeah, he's good, but. Yeah, beyond that, Jaron like, Reed's never not, really amounted to much, has he? No. I he wasn't a first round pick, but yeah, he's not with them anymore. I thought he was. Yeah, I think he was a second. Um, even then, second round pick. One I remember, Malik McDowell. I think he was out of Michigan. Crashed his ATV first, like first month that he was with them, got cut. Like I don't. They're not good drafters whatsoever. But I don't know. Maybe they turn it around, or maybe Pete Carroll and John Schneider are not there in the future. Like, there's a lot of options. Yeah, I, I think that's honestly the option. Not enough people are talking about. Can, can we get Pete Carroll out of there? I mean, what yeah. is what has Seattle done the last five years that makes you think, oh, Pete Carroll? You know, he may not. But they have only have the, one playoff win in that in that span, also. If probably, I I mean, what has Pete Carroll done in the last five years that makes you think, oh, he's you know, he may not have that Super Bowl winning team or the ability to win a Super Bowl, but he's still a good head coach. You, you haven't seen that at all. I mean, Seattle was just awful this year. And like what Karan talked about, they suck at drafting. Like, I don't know how else to put it. They suck at drafting. Their first round picks always end up busting. You know, some of their late round picks are very questionable. They, they don't know how to deal with trades. Like, I mean, one of the, maybe one of the worst trades I've ever seen. They traded two first round picks for, Jamal Adams, who isn't good in coverage. I mean, he's literally nicknamed Blitz Boy because he has the same amount of interceptions as Vince Wilfork. That's really bad for a safety. It's it's puzzling because they think that trading up with this number nine pick, you know, they're going to get their guy. But what in the past has proven that you have the ability to evaluate talent to get your guy? Because you haven't done that in years. You haven't gotten a first round pick that's been a solid you know, very good player outside of possibly Brooks, but I don't know. You, you just threw away your entire franchise. Russell Wilson was your franchise. He was your franchise ever since the Legion of Boom kind of uh, went away. Result. Yeah. I was trying to think of that word, but ever since they went away, it's been Russ. It's been Russ. He's always been, you know, that first half guy. Oh, he's looking like an MVP. Second half, he kind of, kind of rolls back. But now you don't have a first half quarterback at all. You don't have a quarterback in your room. That's good. Geno Smith, we saw what he did. He lost to Pittsburgh, who I don't even think did they have Big Ben that game? I thought that was a Mason Rudolph game. It was. Uh, it was big. No, I think it was. Was it not Big Ben? He wasn't very good, so it doesn't really matter. But it was a. It was a Thursday night. I think it was Thursday night. Yeah, or I do. Night. I remember the game. I just don't remember the quarterback. 
Uh, it doesn't matter. They lost when Pittsburgh wasn't playing well. It's just you put so much stake in this number nine pick that whatever you do with it, whether you trade up to get Willis, whether you trade down and uh, get more capital for next year, which not going to lie, early looks, I'm not the biggest fan of next year's class. I think Bryce Young, and obviously we still have another year of college football, not super high on Bryce Young. I think he's slightly overrated, not super high on Stroud, even though I do like him. It's you're putting so much stock into this pick when you're not good at drafting. It's like the Rams. The Rams knew what to do with their picks. They get good value in the later rounds and they trade those first round picks for proven starters. But the Seahawks, whenever they do that, their late round picks don't turn out. Their first round picks never turn out. And when they trade their picks, the players aren't worth it. And then they end up in an awful contract and the team that got those picks ends up getting decent players. So yes, in in the reality of things, getting the nine pick, yes, it's great for your franchise. You can get your quarterback. But the key word is you can. Not you will. You can. You can get that guy that can be your franchise guy for 15 years. But you could also get Sam Darnold. You could get a guy that we liked coming out of college, and he just sucks. Not just because he's bad or he's not what you thought he'd be, but because you put him in a bad situation. I think we can all agree Seattle's not a good situation right now. Offensive line is bad. There's rumors about them possibly trading Tyler Lockett to Denver. And that defense just isn't good. It's not good. They're, they don't really have pieces that make you think, oh, Seattle, you know, even though they're in a very talented NFC West, they've got some, they've got some players. They don't, they don't. Uh, getting back to the whole quarterback thing. I think you kind of have to go Malik Willis. I like Pickett, but to get, pick it I think you'd have to move ahead of Carolina unless Carolina moves back or maybe they just aren't as enamored with Pickett as we do think they are but I think that if you're going to get that guy you have to move up I think a team like Pittsburgh is possible to move up it would take a lot of capital but I think Mike Tomlin you know he sees Malik Willis and he sees the future of Pittsburgh football which I would love I'd, I'd love to see Willis in Pittsburgh and then you've got teams like Washington Washington doesn't have to move up too much to move ahead of nine. They're at 11 right now. Say Atlanta's like, you know what? We, we need one of these pass catchers because of reasons. Uh, they're going to lose Calvin Ridley for the year. He, it doesn't even seem like he wants to play there anymore. He was going to end up getting traded if this didn't happen. Russell Gage is a free agent. Their number one wide receiver next year is going to be Olamide Zacchaeus. How do you they, say that I, name again? Olamide <laughs> Zacchaeus. He used to play for the Vikings, I think. Uh, that's the only reason I know him. So maybe they're like, you know what? We want to get one of these really good wide receivers, a Garrett so, Wilson. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. So we're talking about Seahawks right now. Uh, not sure if anybody's looking at Twitter right now, but I'm looking at a tweet. Oh, Matt crud. Schefter. What do you tweet? Uh, Bobby Wagner's getting released. Oh, I, oh, I, I, yeah. I heard they're... something about that, but that, that's crazy. That's wild. Andrew, is your screen frozen right now? I legitimately cannot tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, sure, it was. That's totally why my jaw was just on the floor. Uh, Seattle, what the heck is wrong with you? I, I'm going to tell mean, you, it's a complete rebuild at this point. I, I called it. I mean, at this point, no. Oh, my gosh, you suck. You suck. You're <laughs> an awful franchise. I hope that – I mean, I don't even have to hope bad things happen in your franchise that you just suck just and lose to. every game because they're just going to. They're I mean, just going to lose every game. You don't have a future. I, I will say on the topic of Wagner, like we were just talking about Jordan Brooks. He was low-key better than Wagner down the stretch of last year. So if that's what they see as like the direct replacement, whatever, I get it. But I feel like he could have gotten assets for that. Yeah, you definitely couldn't have. I mean, Seattle, you just suck at everything you do. Remember when you were like the cream of the crop of the NFL? You had the Legion of Boom. It was this incredible defense. You had players on the cover of Madden. You had one of the most high side, high upside quarterbacks in the NFL. You had this amazing wide receiver core that looked great against Denver in that Super Bowl. And now you just suck. And you can't, it's not like you can do anything to change it because you can't draft. Uh, when you trade players, uh, they end up being really good. And the picks that you get for them don't end up being good. When you trade picks for players, those players end up sucking and the picks end up being good because those other teams are better at drafting than you. It's just a complete garbage franchise. Just get rid of everything. Just wipe the floor. Wipe the floor of Seattle. I, I know there's a lot of rain. Just use that to just get away from everything. 
and, and just start fresh. Start fresh. Just do whatever you need to. You suck. You all suck. Seattle is just a London with a lot of Starbucks restaurants. A lot of Starbucks and a football team that is awful because there will be teams in London this year that are better than Seattle by a mile. <laughs> and That's true. you might what, hate what? Seattle when you hate Iowa. Oh, no. That's not true. Oh, 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 he, that Andrew. Yeah, not me. I don't have too much against uh, Seattle. I, I don't have much against Seattle. What I have against Seattle right now is I just hate incompetency. I hate incompetency. Seeing these teams make awful decisions, it just gets me going. I get on these rants. I realized we were talking about quarterbacks, and then we talked about Bobby Wagner and just being an awful franchise, and they suck at what they do. I apologize for going on that tangent. Uh, Sounds like it's talking about Minnesota Golden Gophers for the last 10 years. (laughs) I can't wait to see your reaction when they inevitably move on, or DK Metcalf inevitably moves on sooner or later. See see this? (laughs) Sky Uma, baby. That'll that'll make a great out of context clip right there. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna put it on on this little wall right here just to remind everybody. I got this at the Wisconsin game. Yeah, beauty. It was a beauty. Um, finishing off with the Seattle quarterback discussion because this has been an absolute whirlwind of a discussion. Uh, you have to move up if you want Malik Willis because I feel like people are going to be extremely high on him as I'm as I am. Uh, Pickett, I feel like you could get him at nine. If you like Corral, uh, I think you take him at nine. If you like Howell or Ritter, you move down. I don't think Ritter's a, a first round quarterback. There's a lot of inconsistencies in his accuracy. I do like the aspect of mobility think in his Ritter's game. Ritter's an NFL quarterback. Period. Yeah, that's what I that's what yeah. I was gonna say. I don't see any traits with him that imply he's ever gonna be a starting level guy, but you never I know. Think, Here's the thing, like like if he wasn't even impressive against schools like Navy and Tulsa, why should I be impressed in the NFL? People yeah, forget he, was, he, like, he, he was fumbled against Tulsa to almost choke the game. Yeah. Like I people talk about Ritter. Yes, he took Cincinnati to the playoff, but he also didn't take Cincinnati to the playoff, if we're being honest. That was the defense. They had two of the best corners in the nation, and he was just the quarterback. He didn't win the games. He just didn't lose them. Probably wasn't even the top three quarterback in the entire AAC last year, to be honest. I mean. Mordecai Mordecai and Clayton Toon are both better as far as I'm concerned. I would say Mordecai for the first half. He kind of dipped in the second half. He did, but he's still better than Ritter. Yeah. Yeah, I I would take Mordecai's a passer. But also, yeah, yeah, I uh, thought uh, Tune you know, was better I would, last I would year, st- though. I would say. Easily, I mean, uh, he's gonna he's going You know what? Saying it now. Tune is gonna have more hype next season than Ritter does this season. I would completely buy into that. I I, I, I just I, I like Houston's also, offense. Also, there too. there are stat there are stats that prove that quarterbacks are always have their best season. Whenever they have their last season with Dana Holgerson, so watch out, people. And he already threw like thirty-three and seven last season, also. Yeah. And he's getting yeah, tank back, right? It. Say it again. He's getting tank and Alton back, right? Yes, both. Because Alton was only a true freshman last year, and Tank was technically a sophomore last season. So yeah, they're both back. My gosh, that team's gonna be fun to watch. The offense or, is going to also the defense. They they're going to have a very young secondary next season. That's going to be the yeah. only thing. But Belk's got that defense on lockdown, though. Yep. Chrome, were you trying to add something? Uh, I was. I was just going to say I don't think he'll necessarily get as much hype, even if it's warranted. But I do think he's a better quarterback at least last year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a better season next year than Ritter had this year for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to end up being one of those guys we talk about in the conversation of who's going to be this next year's Kenny Pickett, fourth, fifth, sixth year guy that, you know, not yeah. as many people are talking about going into the season, but they're talking a lot about him after the season. Uh, yeah, so Ritter, I wouldn't touch him until the third round personally. And then even at that fifth. point, you, I, I think the mobility kind of ups him a little bit, but because when you're getting into that range, you could definitely look at Ellaby, but after that, you're really looking at like the Zappy, who is good, but he doesn't really bring that type of uh, dynamic playmaking with his legs. 
uh, that Ritter can. So what, only what, is I, that, I say that, what, what are what are Zappi's metrics in terms of like his height, weight, that sort of thing? I can double check that right now. Uh, I have to he's really he's a relatively like I just stopped looking at him. He's a pretty skinny guy, but I think I guess he's like six two. Yeah, he's not. He's not that um, big in stature, but let me double check. Uh, so it says right here. Okay, I'm seeing multiple measurements. These are just incorrect. Let me check the combine because I'm seeing both six and three eighths and six two. Uh, yeah, okay, I mean, so, what, what, never mind. You can go. Combine, I'm opening up this link. We are doing it live. Uh, <laughs> Bailey Zappi, 6004, which is six foot and a half inch, 215, nine and three quarter hands. Kenny Pickett's jealous, and 31 and three eighths arm. So, damn. I mean, essentially six foot flat. Essentially. Yeah. But yeah, to be that's... fair. That's like on the almost close to average side for the top quarterbacks because you got six one, six one, uh, three six threes if you're counting Ritter, uh, six and six and a half. Yeah, I mean, on the topic of Ritter, we talk a lot about his mobility, but like the practicality, he doesn't really he doesn't really know how to use his legs yet. Like he doesn't see yeah. holes in the O line. He doesn't really sense pressure. I'd say the same thing with Malik Willis to a lesser extent a bit but neither of them are really like polished products as far as runners and so going into addressing all oh, these two are going to be impacts instant impacts running i wouldn't be surprised if they like didn't really like produce at the same level obviously right away i like willis more as a runner i think he does have more vision yeah, than ritter sure. and especially when he's evading pressure when he can get to the outside it's it's impossible to get to him you you got to make an open field tackle but with ritter it's definitely he's gonna try and make the throw but when he does run if he has an open field he's gonna take it uh so and then we haven't talked a lot about carson strong i just don't think he's viable until mid to late round two just because of the inaccuracies with just everything about accuracy so far like yes he was very he was very accurate in college but i'm worried about some of the decisions he made in the post the pre-draft process at the senior bowl i don't know if this is a hot take i think he was the worst quarterback at the senior bowl i really think he was there weren't many times where i was like oh that's a good throw by strong he either overthrew somebody or he threw the ball so high in the wind that it didn't make it so that's kind of where i'm with strong right now he's very accurate he has the velocity when he's throwing it more direct but when he when he throws those moon balls it's a little worrying so i will say this i get i get somewhat i get somewhat of a matt barkley vibe from him in terms of remember matt barkley after the 2011 season it felt like everybody had him as a top 10 pick at worst comes back for another season and it's just like he fell all the way down to the fourth and we kind of already know how his nfl career panned out I, it just felt like last year would have been a more secure spot for Carson Strong, really. Uh, I'm going to disagree just because of how top-heavy that quarterback class was. Yeah. Just I mean, because I, I it think... was everybody. But like, it's not just like it's not just like how top-heavy that class was. I'm just talking about like in terms of production that we got from him, where it just felt like last year probably would have been more of a secure spot for him. This season, I just. I truthfully would not be surprised if he slipped out of the third round just because we see this every year. There's always a quarterback that always gets like day two hype, but then they always slip to, to round four. Yeah. Jacob Eason yeah. comes to mind. With that. I'm still surprised Jacob Eason fell. I loved him coming out yeah. of college. I don't know. I remember there was a story that the he kind of tanked his interview with the Bucks, but they were ready to take him the first round before that. But I don't know how – like imagine how different the nfl yeah. would be that yeah would be but generally on nfl yeah on the topic of strong like i'm i'm on a different page with him i think he's he was really good last year and the year before but i'll take your word on the combine stuff i don't know if the knee will check out either but yeah i think he's probably a second round guy but i do i have him quarterback one just putting that out there off film at least but yeah there's a, there's a lot of possibilities with him I, w- I will say I'm not worried about the knee at all. Watching him run in Mobile, he was completely fine. So as yeah. long as there's nothing like inside the knee that could like cause long-term problems, 
I'm completely off of the whole his knee needs to like get fully medically cleared. I'm yeah, I'm completely don't, fine on that. Don't quote me on it, but I think it's something like there was like a concern that it would be like a degenerative issue or something like I don't know if it was like tendonitis or something, but it yeah. would be a recurring issue. But I think at this point he he claims he's clear of it and I, I would take his word on that. Yeah. I, I would just wait for a, a reliable yeah. source and I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's about right. I would be pretty shocked if there was like a, a breaking news. Carson Strong has this in his knee causing his stock to fall. I, I'd be pretty surprised. But uh, I mean, that's pretty much it for the top quarterback prospects. We talked about Sam Howell. He's raw, but I, I still kind of like his upside. I think that losing all of his production in North Carolina really affected him. But then again, I mean, losing your production at North Carolina, what much, how much better are you going to be in Seattle if they trade Tyler Lockett? You're going to have DK Metcalf, Rashad Penny, who's not even like amazing. He's just a running back. They, they would have to draft another receiver and then you're hoping that he's good. So there's nothing for sure in Seattle to help an incoming rookie, which is really frustrating because I want to see these rookies succeed. So do you uh, want to so while before we get onto the last part, which I know with what we're getting onto, yeah, uh, Andrew Brandt, who's uh, who's essentially like one of my favorite like yes. GM follows, um, he's the best. He he's excellent. So he just tweeted this out: twenty twenty two cap charges for Russell Wilson for the Broncos twenty four million, Seahawks twenty six million. Mm, yeah. yeah. Seahawks, Seahawks are paying more. Seahawks are paying more to not have Russell Wilson on the team than Broncos. Yeah. That's that was the that Eagles' should, case with Carson criminal. Wentz. The Eagles paid less, or the Eagles paid more than Indy to have Carson Wentz off the roster rather than on. Which we don't know how much that really turned yeah. out well for Philly, because <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz probably isn't going to start for Indy next year. But I, I want to kind of get off that topic because we've been kind of talking a lot about it. Uh, let's go on to the final topic. Uh, earlier this week, we, we released a post on social media. Say one nice thing about your rival. It's very tough for us because we hate our rival. They suck. We hate everything about them. We hate their guts. We hate everything about that program. But we got to try and find out one little thing. We got to be a little positive. Uh, Adam, I, I want to start with you because you actually have two teams that you're going to bring up and i put in real quick on this of course yeah i won't adam can still go first but i think i don't think adam should get off this easy and i'll say i'm willing to punish myself also oh so for those so for those that don't know me and adam were both uh guys you know we both went to school here in houston and we had a little bit conversation before uh before we got on basically saying like who was you like who was uh's biggest rival because Truthfully, I don't really – it's really hard to say who UH's real rival is because I think we're better than almost any non-Power 5 Texas team, to be honest with you. But, Adam, I got a compromise for you. We both have to suffer. You and I both have to say one nice thing about both SMU and Rice. Uh... You're – Listen, it, it makes sense, okay? I mean, <laughs> you said Rice and I said SMU beforehand, but, like, let's just be honest, all right? You live in Dallas. You know more about SMU than probably I do. I live here in Houston. I probably know more about Rice University than you do. So let's go ahead and let's just, let's just, let's just go ahead and just be nice about, about both. The fact that I know more schools. about SMU is why I can't say anything nice about them. And <laughs> the fact that I know more about Rice shows why, <laughs> is why I can't say anything nice about them either. All right, I'll do it. (laughs) We can do it. All right, Uh, I'll go first. All right, so one nice thing about Rice is that they have a really nice rec center. I've been there a couple times. Um, The hell you were doing over there is what I They they have uh, basketball tournaments there So because they have a lot of courts. So they have a real nice rec center. Not as nice as UH, but, you know, nothing they do is good as ours. Um, SMU. uh, (laughs) They're in a nice part of Dallas, I guess, if you're that type of person, um, real bougie. Uh, I guess that's not really nice. Um, 
they have nice roads. The roads are always clean, you know. There's no there's no potholes anywhere. Um, you can you can walk your dog at night, you know, and not worry about anything. So it's a real safe place. So yeah, shout out to SMU for that. Y'all got that going for you, you know. Um, have fun in the NIT as well. Enjoy that. <laughs> uh, for Texas, um, I refuse to say anything nice about Texas A&M. You can't make me do it. Uh, I'll leave the show before I do that. So I'm gonna pick Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma, they got they got casinos. You know, you can go up there. You can go and uh, lose your money or win your money. Unless you're a college athlete, then stay out of there. But <laughs> yeah, the Oklahoma, they got nice casinos. They got two or three of them real close by. Andrew, do you oh, want to go with the, the Rice and SMU and then I'd assume my school? Uh, yeah, I guess. Or uh, actually, might as well. can I, can I uh, add a little idea? Since you and Adam if, did. Hold on, hold on. If you're going to make me say something nice about Iowa. <laughs> yes. You're going to have me say something nice about <laughs> Iowa. I mean, who else would it be? I mean, I'd rather say something nice about Minnesota than I would over Iowa. Truthfully, well, because there's I, a lot of nice things about say us about to say about us. No, no, great. no, that sucks. Uh, no, no, Iowa, no let's suck. let's do it. No, let's do it. We, no. you know, if we both have to suffer, let's both suffer. I mean, no, fine. I'm really gonna have to suffer because I no, let's do it. All right, no, let's do it. <sighs> All right, All right. You you start with the Houston SMU Rice Triangle. Okay, uh, Rice. They have a pretty. They have historically. They have a very good baseball team. They 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 have a very good baseball team. Um, I truthfully don't really care about college baseball, but I know that they're really good in baseball. So, I w- I would say that they are indeed the Harvard of the South. But truth be told, I don't even like people from Harvard. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, there you go. That's Rice. SMU, you know, I will say this. I was at the SMU UH uh, basketball game last week, and there was this SMU fan that was literally one section next to me. And my God, I've never wanted to start a fight so bad <laughs> at, while at a game. Oh, my goodness. Like, uh, I was I was sitting behind I was sitting like in front of the the the, the UH bench and every time that Fabian White or no Josh Carlton every time Josh Carlton was at the free throw line this kid would yell from the top of his lungs and would say something like imagine living in Houston or imagine losing to Memphis like dude y'all lost to Temple all right I don't want to hear it but beside the point uh, SMU. Hey, you know what? One of my favorite golfers on the PGA Tour went to SMU, and he was a national champion there in 2015. Bryson DeChambeau is great, great player off the tee. Um, he's actually one of the only good things about SMU. I mean, they're really good at committing scandals over at SMU, both football <laughs> and basketball. Yeah, guess what? Yeah, you, you guys are really, really good like infringing on NCAA rules you guys probably they do always try to win that's what i say they, they do it whatever it takes to win uh and you know what <laughs> a, a little bit what you were saying about university park uh, university park is one of the prettier parts of dallas i can i can say that and it is a nice campus really expensive campus that your parents need to be millionaires for in order for you to attend there same way with rice so, yeah, there you go. SMU, you got Bryson DeChambeau, Rice, you got a pretty good historical baseball team. Uh, all right, let's go to the Big Ten side now. Um, Minnesota, you know, I, I'll say this. Coming out of their respective NFL drafts, I was, I was fans of both Tyler Johnson and, and Rashad Bateman. I really was. Like, when I saw Tyler Johnson go down to the fifth round, I thought that was criminal. I, I begged for the Packers to get him in the fourth round. Uh, Rashad Bateman, really good. I think he got uh, drafted where he should have been. Now, I will say something nice about the state of Minnesota and not just the university. 
Uh, my next golfing trip is probably going to be Minnesota because I'm thinking about going to Duluth. And Very nice. that area is beautiful. That area is actually there's a there's actually a little village that's about an hour north of Duluth. So we're talking like way up there and they have like some of the nicest golf courses in like all the Midwest. So that's, that's definitely on my to go list. Um, uh, great. <laughs> okay. I got one for Iowa. Iowa is the perfect university, perfect geography, perfect football banter. Oh, sorry, football program for banter. If I need banter, if I need to make a joke, I will go to Iowa. Iowa, you're always there for me when I need to humiliate you. The same way that the Stanford band did during the 2012 Rose Bowl when they were playing the FarmersOnly.com theme song during that Rose Bowl halftime show. I will say this. Iowa is pretty – in order to be nice and give something legitimate, you're very good at producing uh, tight ends and offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Wisconsin. Uh, where should I start? Um, jump around. It's very fun. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. It, w- it was very fun. Um, what else can I say? Uh, you know, you're in the same state as the Packers, my team. You know, that's cool. Uh, I like J.J. Watt. He went to Wisconsin. Like T.J. Watt, the Watts. Uh, that's about it. I mean, I appreciate y'all always letting us win at hockey. Not that you have much of a choice. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for Wisconsin. Uh, do have to respect the basketball program, much better than ours. And then Iowa. I'm going to go a little in-depth on this one. Iowa produced Dan Gable college wrestler the namesake for gable dan steveson the best pound for pound wrestler in the country goes to minnesota i appreciate that thanks for giving gable his name and letting him live on the the gable dan legacy dan gable ashton kutcher what's iowa too is that is that something nice to say about iowa i've never seen anything with ashton kutcher in it so not even that 70s show he was in that yeah what <laughs> i also don't know like i'm not good with actors to faces i i don't care about that kind of stuff i watch a show and it's like yeah it's a good show there was that one what's her name not megan fox but uh other other female the, didn't she date him mila kunis couple yes mila kunis they're married they have like two kids together yeah wait that they've been dating since the show i'm pretty sure well, huh? well, Ashton used to be married to Demi Moore, and then they got divorced like 10 years ago, and he's been dating Mila Kunas ever since. I don't even know who Demi Moore is, so that that's eh, mind-boggling. Old chick. That, you know what? You learn something new every day, whether it's college football or something with Hollywood. That's what this podcast is for, teaching you about stuff that eh, probably most everybody knew except for me because I don't pay attention to Hollywood. Karan. Um, so for those who don't know, obviously I'm new here, but I'm a big Cal football fan. Now you guys were talking about schools in the South. I'll take it West a bit. Our biggest rival is Stanford. A lot of people watch the big game every year. Cal took the ax this year, took it back. So um, I must say Stanford, they're a private school, so it should be expected, but great academics. Um, in terms of football, I really liked Andrew Locke for a while. Obviously things didn't pan out. And, yeah, I also like Jim Harbaugh a lot. Obviously, he was at Stanford a really long time ago, but he's one of my favorite coaches ever. So, yeah, two great things about Stanford. And, yeah, that's pretty much – if you want to look at USC as another rival, also a private school that has pretty good academics, but I think Caleb Williams is pretty good, and so is Lincoln Riley. So, yeah, two great things about – two great rivals. I'm pretty sure you had the, the easiest time finding – good stuff to find about your rivals i guess yeah all right well i think that's gonna wrap us up for this episode this actually ran a lot longer than we thought it would 
appreciate everybody for watching or listening. Make sure you follow, like on whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. We have a lot of great content on Transfer Portal CFB YouTube. A lot of great draft content, especially over the next two months. And we'll have a lot of a lot more podcasts, especially as the offseason goes and getting into the next college football season. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. We'll see you on the next one.